Hi, I'm Sarah Fry. Welcome to Patent Pod. When going through a challenging time, you might ask yourself, should I stay or should I go? The context and implications of this question are really significant in the field of education, especially now as employee retention is a priority for local education agencies all across Pennsylvania. Today on Patent Pod, we'll learn how educator perseverance plays a role in educator retention. In alignment with Pennsylvania's dedication to attracting, preparing, and retaining educators, especially practitioners in special education, joining us today from Shippensburg University is Dr. Allison Malott. Nice to have you. Thank you, thanks for having me. So this idea of retention and perseverance, I wanna focus first on perseverance. Okay. In the field of education, how would you define that? So I think perseverance in education is just like perseverance everywhere else. It's really the ability to look at hard things or face hard things and say, you know what, I'm going to keep going. Um, I've often told my children and my students just to keep the phrase in mind, this is hard, but we can do hard things. Mm -hmm. And when educators are able to kind of keep that mantra going, they're able to just keep, keep persevering in the field. So, I love that. I, I just wrote that down. <laughs> this is hard, but we can do hard things. Yeah. Yep. How would you relate school or program climate to an educator's perseverance? Is perseverance something that I, I just, I, I've got it? Or are there factors that might influence or affect how much perseverance I have? So there is a personal element to it. So people who have a more positive outlook generally across kind of all areas of their life. So if you're somebody who sees the glass a little bit more half full than you see it half empty, um, there's a better chance that you're going to persevere in, not just in education, but in anything that you kind of encounter. Um, Angela Duckworth calls it grit. Like when you have that grit, you're able to kind of keep going. Um, in education though, we know that school climate is actually a stronger predictor of teacher perseverance than individual teacher traits. So what that means is you can take somebody who maybe doesn't see the glasses half full, but if you put them in a school that has a really great school climate, it's highly likely that they're going to be successful. Um, if you put somebody who maybe um, sees the glasses half full and they just have a more positive outlook, but you put them in a school that has kind of a negative context or climate, then they're still going to struggle despite kind of those personal protective factors. So what I, what I just heard you say, and I, I was waiting for it, because I was like, wait a second, because I feel like I'm a positive person, mm -hmm. but you're saying even, even still, if I'm in that in a negative or challenging environment, that will kind of outrank or yes. outrule what I'm bringing in with me. Yep, yeah, and you might last a little bit longer, but it's, going to, it's still going to be difficult, and you probably aren't going to make it to kind of traditional retirement age, which is where we really want teachers to decide to leave the field. So. Going back to glass half full, okay. now that yep. we know that, right? So yep. it doesn't have to be, if we focus on creating a positive climate, yep. that will support all teachers. Yes. No matter what they're coming in, what you know, with a personality trait or a background. Yeah. So let's focus on the positive. What can school and early childhood administrators do to really 
create that positive environment to impact and, and, and help support educators? Yeah, so there are a lot of different things that we can do. I think the first is really focus on relationships, specifically relationships between teachers. So one of the reasons that teachers choose to stay is because of the relationship that they've developed with their coworkers. Teachers cite relationships with students as a primary driver, but they really talk about relationships with coworkers as the reason they stay in the same school. So like if you're a second grade teacher, you can go to another school district and be a second grade teacher there and still have great students, but you can't take the second grade teacher that's across the hallway that you co-plan with with you. And so that acts as a reason for teachers to stay. So providing opportunities for teachers to have those relationships with their colleagues is really important. Um, providing systemic support for teachers where they know how and when to request help and when that help is going to come. Um, we know that for novice teachers, the first five years are really the years that people leave. So outside of traditional retirement years, the highest rates of attrition occur in those first five years. And so if we can put protective factors in like um, mentor supports where you've got more experienced teachers kind of aligning themselves with novice teachers and providing a little bit more one-on-one -on -one coaching and support, um, helping them recognize that situations that are challenging aren't permanent, that there are strategies and solutions that they can use to help get themselves out of that situation that and still remain in the I'm calling field. The, I'm calling a teacher across the hall. Yeah. She's my best yes. friend now. Yeah. yeah, she's my best friend. She knows what she's doing. She's had a kid just like this kid. And mm -hmm. I might not know what to do, but I have a friend and a colleague that does and they can help support me. And so by providing opportunities for those things, um, you know, we really help support teachers and then also seeing teachers as leaders. So mm -hmm. allowing them opportunities to make curriculum decisions. Teachers who are in schools that allow for more autonomy in decision-making among their teachers have educators who are more likely to stay because they feel like they have some control over what's happening in their day. They're not just on this island by themselves with people telling them, this is what you need to do. They're actually saying, look, I have some control over this. And if I don't feel like I have control, I have somebody I can contact for help and support. So I'm, I'm in awe of okay. you are you are glass half full person. I can tell, just like me. And I mean, Those days. yeah. Well, you can you can get through hard things. Yeah, you told me. Yeah. <laughs> um, I wrote down three things that I want to circle back on because um, I know we went through them pretty quickly, yeah. and there may be some questions or or listeners and, and viewers might be thinking, oh, I wish you would have gone told me a little bit more. That's okay. what I need. So I heard you talk about number one, building relationships and yes. supporting practitioner to practitioner or collegial relationships. I also heard you talk about um, valuing and supporting teachers in leadership capacity. Yes. And then I also heard you talk about um, making sure that teachers, one, have a way to ask for help mm -hmm. and understand that and are able to use that. So if, if possible, if you've got the time, I'd love to hit on a, on each three, each of those and, and maybe give a few examples or, uh, a tip for school leaders to say, if you don't even know where to start, here's one idea. Okay. So if we thought about that, maybe starting off with that relationships, relationship building, yeah. have you have you been in a setting or have you do you have some takeaways that you could offer up for, for our audience about how can school leaders help 
without, you know, doing some mandatory social yeah. <laughs> activities. But what I really have to You will we, be friends you here. Fun. <laughs> how could they help um, build those relationships and, and encourage that? So I think some of it is allowing teachers time to interact with each other. And that can be like, if, if you have a mandatory staff meeting, that you're going to have a mandatory staff meeting every month, um, take 15 minutes of that meeting and have it be a time where teachers can bring problems that they've encountered and make sure it's a safe space where teachers can say, hey, I'm really struggling with this right now. And then allow their colleagues to provide some insight and some, some support. So what we know is that teachers actually value strategies that are offered by their colleagues more than they value strategies offered by administrators and more than they value strategies offered in PD. And so by creating a space where teachers have the opportunity to have those conversations and those interactions, um, I think that's really important. The other piece of that is also giving space in that time for teachers to share successes. So they can take time to say, hey, I tried this and oh my goodness, it actually worked. I'm really excited about it because those are takeaways that other, other educators can have too. Um, and then I think, what was the next one? Leadership? Yeah. So uh, take your time. Okay. I'm, I'm soaking all of this in. Okay. <laughs> um, yeah. The second thing that you hit on there um, was kind of empowering or uh, allowing opportunities for teachers to, to come off of their little island and, and be in leadership, you know, feel like leaders. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, we're sitting in a PDIS conference this week and there are lots of opportunities for teachers to take on leadership roles or act as mentors within the school. Um, you may even take some of your more experienced teachers and ask them to offer training within the district so that they're kind of the model educator. Um, we've talked a lot about you know, te teachers that have been in the field for a long time. There really isn't a lot of opportunity um, for kind of career growth if you're staying as a teacher. And so providing ways that teachers can really see themselves as um, supporting and facilitating the growth and development of novice educators, I think is really important. Um, at Shippensburg, we'll even pull in educators to some of our courses to oh. ask them to kind of provide some insights to our teachers, our pre-service teachers who are going to be entering the field. Um, and we found that that's a really nice way for educators to feel empowered and feel like, you know what, I do know what I'm doing. Yeah. And somebody sees that and values that. And that's really what we want because if you're living in a classroom where you feel like, and I'm just getting bombarded this year with challenge after challenge after challenge, for anybody, an administrator, another teacher, um, somebody in higher ed to look at your classroom and say, this is amazing. Like you're doing really good work. You might feel like you're drowning, but you're doing really good work. Come tell other people how to do this. There's empowerment in that. And so just providing opportunities for teachers to do that, I think is really important. Yeah, I think it's um, you know, something that you mentioned really stuck out to me in that, in the fact that we want to, we want to retain teachers. We yeah. want teachers to keep on teaching. But at the same time, we need to recognize that as humans, we, we're always striving to better ourselves and, and we, we like that recognition. And sometimes that connection between, I've been doing the same thing. I've been a second grade teacher or I've been mm -hmm. you know, an emotional support teacher. And that's just who I am, and that's what I do. There's no up. There's no. I, there's no out. What's but you're next? saying there definitely is. There could be. Yeah. If it's built in and it's offered. Yeah. So ideas like mentoring or, or leading professional development, whether mm -hmm. it's within the school or program or 
outside and yep. an outside opportunity can be really rewarding, not only personally, but also kind of enhance or kind of give back to what is happening in that classroom. Yep, absolutely. And it doesn't seem like that would be really hard to, doesn't take a whole no. fee for service program yep. or, yeah. wow. Try to think of low budget items, <laughs> yeah. So, and some of these are kind of connecting together. You mentioned, mm -hmm. um, you know, building in time if there are uh, all staff meetings for sharing challenges or successes. Mm -hmm. And that seems like maybe one of the ways that uh, could be a system for asking for and receiving help. But that was that third bullet that you hit on as far as kind of tenants to success here is teacher or educators need to, need to know that it's okay to ask for help mm -hmm. and they need to be able to ask for help. Could you give some ideas for um, educational leaders? I'm just envisioning what the what not to do is to put up a you know a comment box and yeah. just leave it locked <laughs> in the lobby, right? Yeah. So really, what what can what can educational leaders do to create that climate, right? To, right. That asking for help is okay, but also putting in a system or procedures that make it effective or doable. Yeah. Well, I think. Part of that is having a really great coaching system in place within the school or early childhood program. So I often think, you know, every every teacher deserves a coach. It doesn't matter if you've been teaching for 30 years, there's always space to improve and grow. And so having a nice coaching system in place and then having a way for teachers to say, you know what, maybe I'm on a, a one month coaching cycle, right? The coach comes and sees me every month or these are my goals for the year. Um, but also having a way for teachers to say, look, I've got this kiddo in my classroom and I don't know what to do. Like I have used all of the tools in my tool belt and I'm out of options, I'm out of ideas. I need somebody like tomorrow mm -hmm. to come in. And so way, and, and that can be as simple as like, if teachers are filling out, you know, ODRs or BIR forms, as simple as a box at the bottom that says like, I would like support earlier rather than later. And then making that turnaround time predictable for teachers. So it shouldn't be something that you just send to the office and you're like, maybe somebody reads it, maybe they don't, maybe they come in three weeks, maybe they show up tomorrow. It should be something where teachers can say, you know what, if I put in this request for support, I know that my coach is gonna come check in on me within you know, three days or whatever. Whatever system, whatever time frame is reasonable for the school is fine, but it should be predictable so that it's not just like a maybe, maybe not. Are there, have you ever encountered or are there, um, I guess, ideas for, for school leaders to reduce any of the guilt or maybe the nervousness for educators? If they're like, well, listen, I, I'm a good teacher. It's just this one thing. Do you, do you ever see that or, or talk about that? I think it's really just about the climate that you create in the school. So I've heard um, several school leaders, and I think this is great, um, even when they do evaluations, they say like, you you visit a floor, you don't live there. Like nobody is perfect. Like no lesson that you deliver is ever going to be perfect. And I think especially post COVID, we've seen such a shift in student academic skills and in um, behavioral needs and mental health needs that even teachers who were maybe feeling like, oh, I'm a really great teacher prior to COVID are now feeling like this is way harder than it was before. Mm -hmm. And so I need kind of maybe that additional support. And by creating a climate where it's just, it's okay to ask for help. Like, and part of that comes within that coaching role. So your coach shouldn't be your supervisor. It's really hard to go to your boss and say, I don't think I'm very good at this. 
You know what I mean? It's a lot easier to go to a coach who's coming alongside you, who doesn't necessarily have that supervisory role um, to go to them and say, I'm really struggling with this. Can you give me some ideas or some strategies? Yeah, I, I love that you threw that in there too, because you know, it is a community effort within yeah. a within a school or program, but there are some maybe some definitive lines or roles mm -hmm. that are are more effective than others. Yep. And so having that coach be separate from a supervisor position yeah. is important. And you can have a supervisor who would probably be a wonderful coach who maybe wants to create that environment, but there is still just kind of this underlying barrier or tension there um, that people aren't as comfortable asking for support from somebody who's supervising their, their work. Right. So I, tons of good ideas. I hope our audience are, are, they're able to pick up on some of this like I have been. Um, now we've said it, you've said it before, I'll repeat it. It's okay to need help. If we have audience members today that are still just feeling like you don't, Allison, you don't understand, it's so bad, or I'm the only one, everybody else has it together. If, some, if somebody out there is in a classroom or in a setting and, and they really are doubting themselves and what, what the challenges are in their situation, what ideas or advice do you think you could offer? Um, so I think first, really going back to your why, like why did you become a teacher in the first place? And just living in that moment for a little bit. Um, I think everybody has a story about like, this is why I became a teacher and this is why I decided to be an educator. This is what I value. Really returning to that moment and saying, this is why. Now, your why might not be enough though to keep you in the field. Um, and so at that point, really thinking about how can I connect with other educators around me, specifically classroom teachers, and how can I kind of build those relationships or help to expand um, my professional network a little bit? Because when we first meet people professionally, we're really likely to just say the good things, right? Like, this right. is what I'm good at, and I'm really proud of this, and everything's <laughs> fine. Um, but when you actually start to build a relationship with someone, then you start to share little pieces of yourself that's like, oh yeah, but this is really hard for me. And so the closer that you can become to the teachers that you're working with, or even teachers in another district in general, where it's like, oh, okay, it's not just me. Like everybody's really struggling with this, or there are a lot of people really struggling with this. And maybe we can support each other, or maybe we can find people outside of that network that have encountered these challenges that can help support us. And so it becomes a collaborative instead of just this, I'm drowning on my own little island feeling. Yeah, and I, I think the, something else literally that you led with was that you can get through it. And, yeah. and hopefully most of the challenges, although they might be really big challenges, yeah. they can be temporary challenges, Absolutely. right? Yeah. And one of the reasons that teachers have reported that sometimes they persevere is because they recognize the impermanence of stressful situations. So they recognize that, you know, if you teach kindergarten, the first month of school is like your kindergarten teacher tired, you know, like <laughs> there is no tired like that. But you recognize that, man, once I teach these kids the routine, once I kind of establish the expectations in my classroom and how we run the classroom, October is a lot easier than September was. Right. And so just that recognition that I have hurdled this mountain before and I can hurdle it again. And the other side of it coming downhill is a lot easier. 
And it's a lot easier when you've got a buddy, right? Yeah. Oh, it's easier <laughs> when you have a buddy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Allison, it has been truly a pleasure to speak with you today. Um, I'm wondering if there's anything else on your mind that you that out of your your studies or your work within programs that that might be informative or inspirational for folks that are on either side. They are in they are practitioners and they need some encouragement or they're leaders and they realize and they recognize those educators in their in their schools. Yeah. So, hmm, that's a good question. I think that for educators, just recognizing that if you can kind of keep with that positive attitude and really find the good pieces of your day mm -hmm. and just hold on to those moments. Um, teachers that I've interviewed have talked about the short-term and the long-term impact of their work. And so taking those moments where Maybe it's like that light bulb moment for students where they just finally get it. And they're like, oh, I got it. Yeah. Like hold on to those moments because they matter. And then also thinking about, you know what, you're going to have students that are entering a variety of career fields who will think back on their third grade experience and say, oh, my goodness, my teacher like made a difference in my entire life. And that's the power of education. Right? You hold that power in your hands when you're an educator. And so really just being intentional about recognizing that. I think that work that matters that much is never easy, but it's so worthwhile. Yeah. Thank you. Goodness. Yeah. That, that I, it's hard to follow that. That should just be the, the, okay. the closing <laughs> of that. Um, but if you, if this has spurred new ideas in your mind and you are craving more information, more ideas, whether it's about retention or maybe the other letters in our APR, attract, prepare, retain. We have a whole collection of resources available. The repository is linked in our show notes um, and there are more, uh, more information is available on the patent website. I wanna again thank Allison for joining us and sharing some of her experience and knowledge and your positive attitude with us. Um, definitely gonna keep some ideas for myself working through those temporary challenges and I hope that you will as well, audience. Uh, somebody always helping me through my challenges. Our producer today is John Ragsdale. Shout out to him. And our viewers and listeners, I hope that you'll come back, uh, come back and join us for Pat and Pot again really soon. Thank you.